Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Brent. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Trust me! <laughs> Cue the theme song. How could you not notice a man sticking a banana in your tailpipe? You damn right, wise ass! No, don't. You do. How you doing? How would you like for me to have the IRS come down here and crawl up your fucking ass with a microscope? You know, you have a very big mouth, sir. What the fuck is this all about? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do Beverly Hills Cop. What? 1984, starring Edward Murphy. Eddie. Judgy Reinhold and a slew of other people, including Ronnie Cox, who uh, was in a slew of 80s movies like uh, Total Recall and Robocop. Played uh, Dick Jones. Good old Ronnie. But in this one, he is Lieutenant Bogomil. Yeah, um, Beverly Hills Cop. So this great follows name. the hijinks of new-ish young detective um, Axel. Axel Foley. Who's named Axel? This guy. Axel Foley is his yeah. name. And so he um, runs amok of his uh, of his chief of his lieutenant. What is it? His lieutenant with the good butt. That actually captain. seems like a real captain. captain yeah, that seems like a weird name. They, Axel. They yeah, it all like, I've never heard anyone called Axel ever. <laughs> Has anyone heard anyone called no. named Axel? Axel Rose? No. G. Oh well, there you go. Oh, Put sorry. How did you forget about that? Um, I, I tried real hard. So he runs amok <laughs> of his superior <laughs> and um, is given uh, given instructions to take a little bit of time off uh, where he runs into an old friend of his who then gets murdered. He asks to take the time. Murder. Yeah, but he finds out enough clues that he knows he's got to go to Beverly Hills to figure out what happened. And yeah. um, he is not a Beverly. I guess in technically he is in Beverly Hills and he is a cop. So he could be Beverly Hills cop, but he is not a Beverly Hills police officer. That's up to. Uh, yeah, actually, I was the say name Taco doesn't Mary. make any sense. We got he's crazy a, literal here. He's a Detroit cop. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, actually. But, but he's in be Beverly Hills. He's Beverly Hills cop. Well, he could be Bever- cop in Beverly Hills, I guess. And he meets up with Rose. That's a bad name, and though. Taggart. <laughs> That's not. No one's <laughs> going to see cop in Beverly Hills. <laughs> We're nitpicking some real small things. Here. Anyways, it's let's early. Start with it's the early days. Yeah, the cigarette truck. Yeah, so, so we got the cigarette truck. Um, so we get a bit of a setup and and Axel playing his character. I think. Um, Eddie Murphy was, you know, in many scenes in this relies heavily on his kind of stand-up routine where he's like over the top crazy, so in your face that you couldn't doubt that he's anything but authentic. Um, so he plays this interesting character with the cigarette truck. That all, that whole setup is actually fine, but what is awesome about the opening scene is all those pancaked cars that get wrecked by the truck. That is an exciting opening. Dude, also that stunt when the truck turns that hard corner and um, an axle is holding onto that chains in the back. Yeah. And he flings out from the truck as it turns. Like that stunt man doing that? Yeah. Awesome stunt. Yeah, yeah it's true. So this was, I'm sure this was shot authentically in Detroit and they had access to just a whole bunch of cars. I cannot believe how many cars get absolutely demolished. Yeah. This I first scene, do you think that this is the inspiration for that rush hour first scene? Where he's like doing the deal and then the cops interrupt him. Rush hour, they go a bit further with it because he's like, no, yeah. there's no problem, officer. Go away, officer. And here, Eddie Murphy like doesn't do that, but it's the same idea. I'm sure if we did our research, we'd find that that happens 
a lot. There'll be other cases where a bust goes wrong like no, that. No, for sure. But just the way it's kind of comical. Whatever. It's inspired. It happens in Point Break. It could Break. be definitely styled by. Not quite the same. Inspired by. It's I can yeah. see it being pretty popular. In Point Break, they bust that place and there's the undercover cop, Tom No, Sizemore. he's talking about like the intro of the very beginning of oh, the movie. Oh, just that being the lead into the just, movie? Yeah. that yeah. And the introduction to the character as like the undercover cop and then they get they get spoiled by real cops who don't know it's an undercover state. Yeah, it's almost identical right. scene other than that being a cigarette truck. That's and true. It's C4. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Right. We'll say they stole it. They yeah. ripped it off. Not in an homage way. They yeah. did it in a, the wrong way. But anyway, it's <laughs> it's super exciting. Um, so then, <laughs> so the Axel goes back to the station where he meets Paul Reiser, who is another cop, but seems more like an accountant, uh, who starts telling him about um, all the bad stuff that he's done and how he's going to be in trouble. And then Axel does actually get chewed out where he gets chewed out pretty badly, but not in too extreme a way. Like he yells at him a lot. He's like, what the hell? I got chewed out now. I got chew yo ass out. Anyway, he ends up revealing that Axel went into the, the, the I don't know what you call it. The, the impound. The impound and stole this truck full of cigarettes and evidence to use in his bust without asking for permission or telling anyone. That's... That's like the most fireable offense. That's not just some cutesy little stunt. Or yeah. he, maybe even even if he used an empty truck, but the fact that he stole like thousands of dollars in cigarettes and then was solely responsible for all that damage, it wouldn't be like, don't do it again, Axel, I'm warning you. would be like, you're fucking fired. Yeah. 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 You'll yeah. never work again in law enforcement type ever. shit. No, no ever. No one will ever Nor hire should you. you. That's hugely inappropriate. But I mean... Great it, was, for Axel. it was the 80s, so people are a little bit less lack. They are a little bit more lax. I guess. Then. It was more about the sizzle, and people were taken with that. But now yeah. when I watch it with new eyes, I was like, no, nah, he's fired. Yeah. And then he wasn't. Mm. Was he even suspended, or he, did he just tell him to watch himself? I think he just told him to watch himself. <laughs> I think he, <laughs> he should did have he at say, least been suspended. No, he only takes, tells him to take some time after the next bit of scene, which we meet uh, Axel's friend. I can't remember his name because he's not in the movie for Mikey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're only given maybe five minutes of screen time between Axel and Mikey. And I thought they did a pretty good job of showing how tight they actually were. There's yeah. a great speech where Mikey, Mikey and him, because uh, you need him to care about this Mikey guy enough that he's going to put his job on the line to go, to go find out who murdered him. So that scene in the bar, they're both intoxicated. And, and he asked Mikey why he never, he never told the police that he was involved with what happened when they were younger. And Mikey's like, cause I love you, man. And, you don't know. You don't know. But yeah. you find out too in the place when he pulls out the bonds and Axel's like, I don't want to see that. Like, I'm a cop. You don't show me that. Like, he lets him off there too. Yeah. No, that, I know. But that I kind d- of relationship is hugely yeah. poisonous to a cop to oh, know that sure. you're doing wrong. Like, he's, he's by well, ethics, he has to act on that. But, yeah. I, but he doesn't. But I just like. He clearly just I stole just, a cigarette <laughs> truck. So he's not the best. <laughs> I, I, also, I also just feel like in the 80s, that scene where he says, I love you, man. And he kind of grabs the back of his neck. That was like a vi- that was almost like a scene you hadn't really seen before because it was because like Evan was so homophobic. He was like, "Oh, he loves him." It's you know what I mean. So like, I thought that was really kind of like pushing the boundaries of like, but in a good way. Yeah. Because oh. like it was like a the little it's the starting of the bromance almost. Where yeah, these I don't two know guys, if it was groundbreaking, but it's a nice moment. Yeah, yeah it is. It, it, it just was, paints it really quickly. It's important. Yeah. It yeah. was a really important moment for the the whole rest of the movie to work. Like it, it was really hinged on like why would Axel go to Beverly Hills and like do these things? Yeah, yeah, they do a good job of of, <clears throat> of setting the movie up. They do. He goes through a lot of trouble, risks his job over and over again, willingly. Pretty much knows 
that he's going to lose his job doing the things that he's doing when he goes to Beverly Hills. Yeah. It's just all to Pointer's sister's music, so it's okay. Oh, yeah, it's all good. When they show up back at Axel's nice. place and we get Jonathan <laughs> Banks, um, who played um, Mike from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. pretty awesome henchman. Um, comes in, KOs Axel onto the ground, and then pretty savagely. Fuck, that was him? Yeah. Pretty savagely executes yeah, Mikey. That, Mikey. Uh, isn't he Mikey? No, Mikey is the his friend. Um, Jonathan Banks, that character, plays Mike from Breaking Bad. Right, that's why I got confused because yeah. oh, his man. name is Mike in Breaking Bad. I didn't even realize that. I know, oh, yeah. It's because he has hair and he's like 30 years younger. He looks yeah. way different. Oh, yeah. yeah. Age fucks us all. Oh, yeah. He does look completely different. His face is... Almost... He looks more fucked up before. Like when he was young, yeah. he got less fucked up he got as more, he got older. more attractive. As, yeah. I yeah. do like how Attractive they... might not be the right word. We love you, Mr. Banks. Let's fuck. So they... <laughs> so they cover... So they actually covered it you pretty be well. Girl. Because whoever I was watching it with said... I did. Uh, when they knock out <laughs> Axel... I just didn't know if it was yeah. Gwent or you. Yeah. When they knock out Axel and they kill Mikey... Um, savagely kill yeah. Mikey like grabs the back of his head yeah. and then two like that looked really good for yeah and then so outside his commanding chief says it was a professional hit and and Foley questions why you like that if it was a professional hit they would have smoked him too though. no but that's what his his that's what his boss said to to try and like explain it is he's like if it wasn't professional he'd be dead with them like this was like okay, but I disagree with that I kind of, I kind of do too. I don't know if they knew. I don't. Disagree. I don't think they knew Axel was. If a it was cop. professional, they wouldn't leave a witness. But they he wouldn't. never, he never saw anything though. Yeah, he never saw any faces. He didn't know who did it. They he even meets behind. that guy later on and doesn't know. But at that point, you're killing a guy. What is killing? I another agree with guy? you. He should have like. I think yeah, we talked about that when we watched. They, it. We we're like, he sh probably should have just popped. The his other thing is, if they did I know, so. if they did know that Axel Foley, where they were at his house, was a police officer, the last thing they're going to want to do is kill a police officer because then more people Draw are going to look attention in, to it. into it and like say who killed a cop. If they knew, I think it's they don't know. Well, they found it where his house was. They must have known something about him. Anyway, I feel like it was plausible. Yeah, it, it wasn't enough it's to have not a the speed worst. bump no. to like kill the show. And obviously, you can't kill Eddie Murphy there because then it'd be like Detroit cop. Yeah, he never leaves Detroit. Um, so, but Dead they cop. they also trickle Alive. enough. They also trickle <laughs> enough evidence at the case um, because Axel talked about his friend Jenny, I think her name is, who got him the job, Jenny. and that he worked <laughs> he worked in a warehouse. So Axel like can piece enough things together, and and you know Axel's no dummy, even though he has no respect for authority and steals things. Yeah, um, he knew the trail would lead him to. Uh, he's he's a great detective. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And he like very immediately <laughs> his boss is like, take some time. He's like, I'm going to go Beverly Hills on vacation. Don't look into this case, Axel. I won't. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. And he's just like, if you, if I find out, don't bother coming back or whatever. If yeah. anything, I wanted his superior officer, that guy to be in it more, not just appear again in the third one and get killed instantly. I like him. Um, the butt chew offline for me. Like, yeah. And I've been, I've seen this movie how many fucking hundreds of times probably. I love that line. Every single time I see it, it's satisfying to me. Yeah. He's a good character. He's like, he's properly like a, what's a curmudgeon kind of yeah. like guy. He's the, uh, I mean, he's one of the archetypes, archetypes of any, any captain in a police show. Like they make fun of it in like movies like uh, 22 Jump Street, the new movie yeah, where yeah. Ice-T is yeah. like, I'm going to be the cliche that basically this Ice movie Cube. started. Yeah, Ice yeah. Cube. Like that's, that became the cliche. Did you say Ice Tray? <laughs> 
Ice dry. <laughs> he said iced tea. Ice Those tea. jokes are still funny. Iced tea. <laughs> iced tea and ice cube. Those jokes are still. But funny. that's uh, that is like. I mean, like I'm. Sh- I don't know if there was a captain before this '84. Where there it probably was. was. I think that's a maybe that TV cop. For sure, there was. The '70s was filled with with cop stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like Serpico. But shit. this, but this was before it had become like overdone cliche. Like this was still acceptable captain guy because they make fun of it in movies in the '90s. Where uh, what's his face? Isn't it the '90s? Maybe early 2000s. Can't remember what movie it is, but they make a point to be like. He's like, man, you got to give me shit because the, the captain is way too nice all the time. He's oh, like, yeah, hey, yeah. you messed up, and that's okay. And he's like, no, get mad at me. So he comes, he's like, all right, oh, try again, try there's again. A, there's a great movie. Yeah, Can't fucking remember what about. movie it is. Yeah, uh, anyways. Yeah, so off we go to Beverly Hills, and, and this is where we go to our fish out of water story, except instead of being a bungling idiot fish out of water, it's like, yeah, it's true. That music is so iconic. I'm doing it while you're talking. Oh, yeah. No, you're supposed to talk. Oh, sorry. I, yeah. So I learned so that So it's on like the, the reverse fish out of water, because Eddie Murphy is the cool, normal one, and everyone in Beverly Hills is fucking weird, which is kind of an interesting take on a fish out of water story. Usually it's the character who is in the more precarious scenario, but this time it's everybody who lives in Beverly Hills and everything they do. Yeah. Would the place re- is so filled with excess and, um, and luxury and stuff like that, that any, almost everybody on the planet would be a fish out of water. But they, there. but they so go we to, identify with, with your right. They we go to such an extreme with him because like he didn't ha- just have some normal Nova. He had like a Nova that looked like it had flipped over six times and he'd never <laughs> washed it. And then his clothes were dirty or like dirty blue jeans and like a hoodie. He, yeah, he looked like he's a, from Detroit. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is, and then he goes and there's stand. He's standing by palm trees and beautiful women are walking yeah. by. So they like really pound it over your head that the the class. It's almost a class difference, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Complete. It's complete class rules. Yeah. Oh, totally. That he goes into and he makes fun of it a lot. Like, you know, he goes to the buffets and the private clubs and uh, your cop car is so clean. Yeah, it's a nice hotel. And, this is the cleanest yeah. cop car I've ever been in. And stuff like that. He must have been thinking in his head when he went to the the Beverly Hilton or wherever he went to stay that he was going to be ripping them off in one way or the other. Oh, that wasn't. That's another great example. Yeah. Um. So he goes in and he plays the whole uh, Rolling Stone reporter of a black man. <laughs> he uses the N word, I think, at the nice white lady at the desk. So he gets an upgraded suite, yeah, but he still would N-word. have to pay like they're it's two hundred <laughs> and something a night, and he stands there for six. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's like, anybody like, can stay at the Beverly Hills unless you're an N-word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about, though, that's 230 bucks. At that point, it was, like, insane to think about. And now that's, like, just normal. Like a normal. That's an, I know. We were actually yeah. talking about that, too. I was like, that's what, a, like, a, a nice Hilton in, like, you know, San Diego would cost today per night. Like, oh, yeah. That would be more oh, crazy. than that. Yeah. I think even with inflation, like that 230 would be in, in, like 600 or something. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy though. Yeah. Back then that would have been a lot of money. Yeah. Like, cause he probably only made 500 bucks a, maybe a month. Oh, he's just like a low level detective. Like he's not rolling in bank. No. Cause no. he stole everything in the room. This was also back then when people just used to t- take everything out of the room. Cause they didn't have a credit card. He just signed a piece of paper and they're like, welcome to the Beverly Hilton. And he's he like, check, all right. Didn't he? No, I think he just wrote on the you he just have the application card oh, okay. and then you pay at the end. Because he stole like all the robes <laughs> and light bulbs and everything. Eventually, sh- the shower I got curtain. Three of these in my bag already. So then, this movie, like, it, I love the runtime of this movie because it's only like an hour forty, maybe tops. I think. Yeah, um, it's very short. So he immediately starts his investigation, and uh, off he goes to meet uh, up with Jenny, and he meets uh, Serge, 
Bronson Pinchot. We did uh, we did True Romance recently, and and Bronson Pinchot was in that. So we're wondering why he hasn't been in more movies because he's good. Yeah, I this is fucking love him. He's man. so memorable in this. What the fuck? Yeah, I get the get fuck out, out of here. Yeah. No, because this is an important piece. No, but espresso with a no, twist of lemon. It's it good. sounds good it's as good. espresso. I think it would be with a lemon twist. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I don't know if I would want a lemon twist in my espresso. But I don't know. But I'll whatever. try it. I'll you try do. a little acidity in the. Oh, that's nice. But we it's get nice. we get introduced to him, it. and then we get introduced to Jenny, who's you know understandably shocked at the death. But she starts feeding Axel information. He doesn't tell her everything of what he's doing. I don't think right away. Yeah. Well, like then, she says later, she's like, "If I knew what you were doing, I wouldn't have bailed you out." Oh. Well, I also like that the Serge character is because once again, this is like 1984. So like this is the uh, what became there's so many cliches in this movie that became cliches. The gay, the gay assistant in the Beverly Hills like art gallery. He's yeah. a dealer. He sold that piece himself. Why he was says. he making coffee then? <laughs> he makes coffee. He's, He's one of the guys that did, that would be part of your job as, a, as one of the gallery sales boy guys. When he when Axel wanted to talk to Jenny. Um, oh, he did. He called the bitch boy over, and he's like, "And he, oh yeah, because the guy had his Achmel. shirt open too open." He's like, "What is this? That's not sexy." Yeah, and then he's like, "Achmel, Axel, Foley is here." Yeah, and he's like, "Axel," and he pauses, and he's like, "Foley." Yeah, that's good. Achmel. So he starts his his own investigation. Where does he go first? He goes. Does he go right to the dude's office? Yeah, he goes to the guy's place because he gets thrown through the window is the first thing. Right. That's the other thing that me and John thought was weird. The thing we couldn't stop laughing about is uh, so he goes in and and they have the conversation and he basically he threatens the guy insinuates and the guy picks up picks up the phone and then like six dudes come out. He just pushes a button. Two rooms. Yeah. Like they were just standing there waiting to do this. Like they had nothing better to (laughs) do. They stand in a little closet all day every day and then it's like beep oh we're on and then they come in the room instantly. Like they wouldn't know. So as I thought more about this and overthought it, I'd be like maybe when this guy just you know kind of Axel forces his way in basically he gets by reception. So maybe he was like, they see him on camera and then they'd get ready in case something was going to go down. So they would be ready. Otherwise, then they're just like five guys standing in two rooms. And I'm saying they're that would be little possible. little closets on the side, just a bunch of granola bars in there and hamster water things. And, and they just like sit in there and yeah, drink and water and eat <laughs> granola bars until the red light goes. And then they're like, where they go? And but my, they, they come in pretty chill too. They don't come out with guns drawn, ready to throw down. They just like look tough. This is the look tough light. The and red my, light is look tough. The green light is come with the gun. And my <laughs> argument, my ar- my counter argument to John's was, if you saw him and you realized he got through security, are you going to let him walk into the office of yeah. your boss? Because what if he has a weapon and you're going to just wait till your boss pushes the button? No, he's True. also not a well dressed. No, that's no, what I'm saying. God, he no. looks like a yeah. homeless man coming yeah. into his boss's office. They would have stopped him. Yeah, they wouldn't have gotten waited for permission to like do their job. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll just get let back and have a conversation with him, and we'll see if he wants us to come in. Yeah, that's not how security works. Like I'm sure that that evil guy, um, if he had been a mm. little more courteous. But he's like pretty much evil right away. Mm-hmm. He's like all snarky and evil and And Mike from uh Breaking Bad doesn't even stand. No, he, he just, just sits, sits in there. a chair. He doesn't even stand up. And they like share a couple of looks. So Axel Axel knows right away that these guys did it. So he had suspicion and that's like pretty much confirmed. Oh, you could tell that he says something even in there that like gives a pretty clear indication. I can't remember what it is, but it's towards the tail end of the conversation. He says something and you can see Axel's like he's being so like deliberately yeah 
dickish yeah. about this. He's like, I did clear. it. What are you going to do? He's about being passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Bo- both of them were being passive aggressive. Clearly, yeah. my memory is. But failing. also, you know what the most weird thing was? I thought even all of that was the fact that these guys threw him through a window. Yeah, that because, they had to replace at their own yeah, expense. And also, it <laughs> doesn't make any sense because no one told them to do that. So this is what they do with people. Yeah. Like, this is a common occurrence. This is an F Thursday. Yeah, they're like, oh, you know what? We're going to do what we always do and throw him through glass. Yeah. Like, I would have been it's like, like, what? Fuck. Okay. I know we didn't onboard you, but here, <laughs> we don't throw people through the glass first yeah. First thing. Yeah. That's not... We usually just escort them outside. Yeah. And but, I wonder if in their if <laughs> in the early days, yeah. did they like just bounce people off the glass and they're like, we want to put in thinner glass <laughs> to get the effect we want. All right. Yeah. They wanted him <laughs> to pancake Try against again. the window and slide down it, but yeah. that didn't Then happen. what do you do, right? You pick them back up and... No, I don't know. Yeah. And they did a thing where, you know how when you throw someone... Are you throw something and you heave backwards and then forwards? So yeah. they like gave it all their all. Oh yeah. So they wanted to go through that window. Yeah. Or at least oh. they were hoping that he was going to. And then the cops show up and they don't question anyone. They just see him sitting in glass and arrest him and they, they don't yeah, stay. But at it the also scene. looks purposeful that those cops both look like Hitler youth. Like they yeah. are blonde and blue eyed. In good like, shape. They, yeah. they look like the perfect racist cop. Yeah. yeah. No, then, definitely. But then they do find a gun on him. And then pretty much that justifies everything that they did. And but he doesn't identify next. himself. No. No, and he doesn't identify himself. They complain about that later. But like when, what would really have happened and we wouldn't have had time. So I'm glad I would have just cut to, I would have edited it so that they take him out of the office and then cut to him in the back of the car, of the police car. Because then you don't have all these weird questions about why they threw him through the window, why the cops didn't investigate. Because what they would do is arrest him, put him in the back of the car. Victor Maitland's office. Yeah, they put him in the back of the car, and then they would go in and question people at the scene and say, what happened here? Like, before they took him downtown, more cops would show up. Because this would be a huge incident in Beverly Hills. No, no, they'd just put him in the car and take him. All he did was get thrown through a window. There was no other destruction. They think that he was just disturbing the peace and being a dick. They'd put him in the car, bring him downtown and talk to him. They think he jumped through There would be no way that there would be more cops on scene. There would be no reason. Those two cops would come. They'd be like, we have have the suspect in custody. I've seen two cop cars at a traffic stop. Yeah. And this is like at a a prestigious Beverly Hills, like office building and some shit went down and they don't know what went down. So like, they're just going to send one car and then just drive away. Yeah. There's no investigation. (laughs) I suppose. There doesn't yeah. need to be an that's investigation. Saying, they talked to Victor Maitland. He told them what the fuck happened. I'm yeah, just that's saying, the other thing is that Maitland might have enough pull that he calls someone and they're like, yeah, we'll send some cars, Mr. Maitland. Sorry about the trouble. Because yeah. you wouldn't doubt him. I'm just saying you cut, you would have, if the, you could have cut to him saying goodbye or whatever, and then they haul him off and then you cut to him in the back of the cop car. That would have well, worked. the cleanest cop car I've seen. Yeah, that would have worked. Done. And then all that throwing through the window stuff, I mean, that's dramatic and stuff, but it doesn't actually make any sense. And it wouldn't have even made any sense in 1984. No one's throwing someone through a window. I suppose. Just speed that shit up. Speed it up a little bit. Uh, So then we meet uh, our cop friends. So we get uh, introduced to Bogomil and to uh, Taggart Taggart and Rosewood. Rosewood. Which is like the B story. The B story of the movie is Uh, those guys. Rosewood, sir. (laughs) <laughs> the B story of the show movie is those guys, um, those guys relationship with him and then them becoming, whether it's better cops or more, you know what I mean? Cause they're the both whole relationship there is awesome. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And that is the B story. They're the, uh, and it comes like, yeah, the structure of this movie is perfect. This was back then when they would, they wrote a really great script. Yeah. This, and Murphy. you can follow it along when you're watching it, you see 
the structure behind it. Yeah. Like it's really well defined. Yeah, it does good. And so Axel meets with the cops and, and um, ends up antagonizing Tiger to the point of getting slugged in the gut. Um, and then they, I think it's kind of the final scene where they really are showing how official everything is. Like it's the final big hint that they do when, Bo- when Bogomil comes out and asks if he wants to press charges. And Axel's like, what? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, man, we don't do that. Yeah, where <laughs> yeah. I come In from, Detroit, we don't do that. Charges. Like, no, I don't want to. Which is super charges. funny thinking about timeliness now and like current events. Oh, my God. And how much outrage there is when police don't press charges yeah. against other police. Yeah. Wow. And back here, it was like, it was just like, yeah, we don't do that. Well, yeah. and also, like, he was in custody and he was struck in custody. That's, that's true. So, like, it does make sense that they would question that. I thought that made it more, a little bit more authentic, actually. Yeah. yeah no, I, it's the way that he comes out with it, though. It's not like, do you want to press charge against him? It's like he brings him back. It's like it, it's like a school, right? Yeah. It's like elementary school. He's lectured. Yeah. And then he comes out with, like, all pouty and, like, sorry and, like, I have to I apologize. Sorry, yeah. Officer Foley, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And he's like, would you like to press charges against the guy? Like, it's just nice. And then when he says to Taggart, when he's like, when he's like, you got a good, like a good punch on you or whatever. That's awesome because that sets up. You can see already the softening behind it. You can see Taggart's eyes where he's like, this guy isn't bad. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like he's a good respect. guy. Yeah. The, yeah. It's the, at least the professional respect, even though he might not dig his personality entirely, but he re- he starts to respect him at that point. Yeah, well, and there's a likable factor to that where the guy's totally. like gives you a little bit of respect on it, right? That's like yeah. a that's a, like a save the cat moment right yeah. there where you like him more now because you realize that that he's uh, a decent guy. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. he could have gotten that guy like suspended oh, totally. in a bunch of trouble, and he was like, no, he doesn't just not do it. It's the way he's like, what? No, I'm not doing that. He that's never not, even no. yeah, he never like, even would have considered no. pressing charges. No, he didn't. Yeah. He's, he would have just looked even, at him and been like, good punch, man. Like he wouldn't have even fought back if there hadn't been anyone else. Or he would have taken that shot in the stomach and be like, I pushed this guy too far, which was my intent. I got the reaction I kind of wanted, and now you know mm-hmm. he he's actually making him show chinks in his armor. Um, which is what he wanted because it humanizes him. That. Sorry. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he met Asian Americans in the armor. In the armor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> that actually went, that yeah. actually went to a bad place. Yes. It went worse. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was not. So bad. then they basically let him go, Axel. They release him on his own. But they have some, they, the, the two they start tailing new him. characters follow him, which is great too. Yeah. And that's actually when the movie gets. There was, that's my favorite scenes. Yeah. It starts to get to like... You mean after he bananas the, their oh, yeah. muffler and then the and new cops are on it? sends them lunch. Yeah. Yeah, when they're in the car and they're talking about eating red meat and stuff and uh, you can also get to see the differences between them. Yeah. yeah. That little scene of, why would you tell me that? Yeah. And then he was just like, you eat a lot of red meat. Like, <laughs> that. that's great character I development. I you've been drinking a lot of coffee lately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he keeps getting mad. So the one guy's, the one guy's kind of more of a... I don't even know what you'd call it. He's like more finic- finicky and the other guy's more of a red meat beer kind of guy. Yeah. He's seen some shit. We yeah. can tell with Billy's mannerisms. He's like softer and it's, yeah. everything is kind of like whimsical to him. It seems like. like yeah. He kind of like skips through life. This is guy. like Judd Reinhold's like one of, I probably his best, his best, this one. And maybe if the second one's any good, this is his best character. In I the think. second one, he's completely different. He's like Rambo, but that's not, yeah, maybe yeah. that's not this even one the worst considering it what he sees. Yeah, it is. No, it I does. think it is. Because he's talking it. when he's like, at, well, this is jumping forward a bit, but when he's talking about Butch Sundance and stuff and like them running out of bullets and being like, like the Bolivian yeah. army is on the other side of the wall and yeah. we're like out of ammo and like facing our final showdown. Yeah. And he's so thrilled, he's right? Into it, yeah. And Taggart's just so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
One's like a, one's a realist and the other one's like a dreamer. Yeah, yeah. that's what no, it is. It's true. It's that's a that's actually a great way of writing the dialogue. One's like the silly dreamer and the other one's like we're gonna get killed here, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I'll kill you, Billy. <laughs> the one thing I would have gotten rid of with the comedy is their their slapsticky trying to get over the wall. Oh, thing. when they're at the final house, yeah. I felt like if you're gonna cut any of that, that would have been like that was a little too. You can have humor in that serious moment, but like they're pushing him up over the wall and then it cuts to Axel seeing them come up and over and Axel stops and laughs. And then the dude opens up fucking with the Uzi <laughs> yeah. from an elevated position, but still firing from the hip. Way to go, asshole. Everyone in this fucking uh, movie sucks. The gunplay. We got to talk about. So the how much did later. Axel pay for to send them food? That must have been a cool hundred bucks. He put it on his room. Would have been crazy expensive, which they end up paying. Yeah. But I mean, and he sends the next cop. So if you think about uh, room service at a crappy hotel is expensive. Yeah. Think this about one, the Beverly Hills. Well, right? he was sending them, sending them like some beautiful like shrimp salad. Shrimp sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, and and, uh, and uh, something else there. Yeah, it, it sounded delicious actually. And I'll Billy, the shrimp sandwich because the the captain asks Billy what he had, and he's like, "Oh, a wonderful <laughs> shrimp sandwich." And yeah, shut up, Billy. <laughs> so then he he borrows the uh, he borrows the bananas from uh, oh Damon Wayans. Damon Wayans, man, with the super hair loss before he shaved the head. Damon Wayans, yeah, yeah. very young Damon Wayans. Yeah, you know what? Take them. Just take the bananas. <laughs> Which was <laughs> once again a, is awesome. <laughs> another too. cliche gay character. So that was the second one they have in the movie. Yeah, and he's working in the lobby of the Beverly Hills. Serge selling. isn't necessarily gay. I don't believe Serge is gay necessarily. Yeah, I can. No, I think that definitely he could be, but no, I don't think that he has to be. He's maybe. exotic. When he turned around and told the guy that his shirt being open was. That's not sexy. That's that's a little bit. Yeah, a style. A little he's bit. He's a style guy. It's all good. No, <laughs> Strong gay characters. <laughs> Could be a fashion. He, guy. He's probably like in the closet, gay. Maybe. Oh, maybe. he's probably not in the closet. He's <laughs> super gay. But I'm just saying, he could not be also necessarily gay. Whereas Damon Wayans, definitely gay. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. In the movie. <laughs> not <laughs> a real not life. Rumors. I believe he slays it in real life. <laughs> and so Eddie Murphy like jumps in their car, I think, and laughs at them or something in the back of the car. Or no, That's he later. drives away. That's after. So he when he gets away from them is when um, he puts the bananas in their tailpipe. Then he goes to the warehouse. Uh, bananas in the tailpipe? Yeah, I'm not going to fall for that. Bananas in the tailpipe. Then they come back. He jumps in. They go to the strip club. Do they not? Yep. They do. Oh, so they go to the warehouse and they discover coffee grounds and some other stuff, right? Well, yeah. So he first, he goes to uh, an office, which is not the warehouse, but that's where he finds the coffee grounds and immediately knows um, when people have just loose coffee lying around that it means cocaine. So they're pretty messy. But when I was thinking back on this, this is this, the only purpose of the room uh, is it's where they take the... um, uh, where they take the boxes and open it and take out the drugs and then put the other shit in. So there's no, no one, they never thought anyone was going to be in this room. So it is somewhat plausible that there would be coffee grounds everywhere. It's a little oh, sloppy yeah. on And then he part, goes to like the customs area. Then he goes to the customs thing and does all that. And he, he cons them. And I feel like watching this again after like maybe 20 years of not seeing it, all of his cons, I feel like still work. Because mm-hmm. anytime somebody starts to question him, he just becomes super aggressive with yeah. them. Like that guy, the little clerk guy who's like, uh, what is going on is here? Is that your like, Porsche out there? Is that your Porsche? <laughs> is it? That's not my Porsche, sir. No, it's not. Or whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, work faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know what you funny. people are thinking. Let's go. Yeah. Let's move. <laughs> right. And so like he just becomes super aggressive and no one wants to, no one likes conflict. So they just immediately like shrink. Yeah. And allow him to like, and give him everything that he wants. So it's, 
I feel like it's still that part still holds up whenever yeah. he does it. He does it with a couple of times. Yep. Yep. So then, uh, so now he's got more evidence for his investigation. He goes back. He jumps back in with the cops, and they go to a strip club and have a kind of out of the blue altercation with two random stick-up artists, which. If you think too much about it, it's quite a coincidence, but it does its purpose in the movie to build the camaraderie at the team. Yeah. Um, also setting up a later scene in the movie when they go back to talk to Bogomil and Eddie Murphy sells the whole super cop story. Yeah. Um, and he actually does a pretty good job, but Taggart can't lie. Just to let you know, yeah. the super cop story <laughs> it was, was working. working. He was buying it. And then, <laughs> but it's cool because you get to see Bogomil smiling at Eddie Murphy's like ridiculousness. Yeah. Because really, like they stopped a crime from happening. Well, it comes back later when Bogomil lies. And let's talk yeah. about this. And then Taggart club. does go along with exactly. it. Exactly. Like that's it's what the I meant. Setup yeah. for that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a payoff it's at all the good. end. It's but all good. Let's talk about the strip club once again in the right. 80s. So between like uh, at some point in the 80s, they are just like, hey, gratuitous nudity. Yeah. We're going to go for it in every movie. They're going to be R-rated. They're going to be comedies. Yeah. And like tons and tons of naked women. Strip club. And that strip club's like, I was sh actually shocked how much nudity there was in that strip club yep. and like how... Uh, there's just like random shots of women, naked women and stuff. I was like, this is like That's 1984. It's a strip club scene. Yeah. Why hide the naked but women? It's, but it's changed. It's <laughs> gone. show me the naked it's women. It's definitely uh, over the years, like people have pulled back from that. In the 80s, it was so in the face. Yeah, there used to be, in the 80s, there used to be movies where people would have like house parties and then girls would just take their tops off at the house parties. Yeah, like in Lethal Weapon. As a young person, I would be like, is this what house parties are going to be like? I don't know, like great. <laughs> yeah. until, but what if I'm dating a girl and she's just like, I'll just take my top off because this is what you do at a house party. And I was like, kind of frightened for that. <laughs> John's like, is that what girls do? It's weird. Yeah, who knows? I mean, and Lethal Weapon, we talked about that one. The, the opening shot is a girl topless. Yeah. Like, so like this, the 80s really was pushing that type of thing. And Rated R was like so big in the 80s. I remember the I 80s wanted, was so good. I wanted to see Rated R movies. Like whenever Not a movie music, was like PG-13, <laughs> I was just like, no, yeah. I don't want to see a PG-13 movie. Yeah. I want to go R. Every time. Every yeah. time. Because yeah. you get the strip clubs. But you also had no problem seeing an R movie as a kid then. Yeah, that's true too. I, I, bet, true. I wonder, uh, probably it's similar today. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Everything it, just streams. Yeah, you can just stream whatever you want now. Yeah. yeah. It's on the parents now. Yeah. And anyway, so they, uh, yeah, so they take him back and he li tries to lie and, and they confess that they screwed up. So then now the cops that we now know and love are taken off the case and they put on the bad guy cops. The backups. Yeah, who, who are dicks to the ones that we like. So we're like, we don't like them anyway. So now Eddie Murphy... Whatever he does to them is like so fun. Yeah, yeah. we can't wait for it. Yeah, because yeah. we hate those guys. And yeah. We, and we want them to do the same tricks. There was one erroneous scene with those guys where they put on the banana glasses, which is not bad for a chuckle, but they show that they're dicks later on. So they didn't really need to take the time to establish. Yeah, you didn't need a scene establishing the B team no. until the B team shows up. Yeah. Because he has like a little conversation with them. Yeah. Is this, this, this Victor Maitland's house? Yeah, I think so. He's having a picnic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got a cooler. He tries to hand beer. him beers. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. And then he uh, it loses them in traffic. It's a picnic area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I love all of the uh, car stuff. Whenever they're doing stuff with the cars and the car accidents, like where the cops try to follow them through the red light and all the screeching and uh, like that's... I love all that stuff in the 80s. I don't feel like they do it as well anymore. Almost. No, I was thinking about it too. Even so, even the car stuff and when they're shooting, like even like not the way that they're shooting clearly is right. fucking horrible, but the bullets as they're like running and diving over stuff, just like those little air explosions that they would do yeah, with yeah. special yeah. effects. Stuff, it all really works for me still. Yeah. 
I, I like, like it. Yeah. It might be nostalgia, but I like it. Yeah. I don't I don't think it is though. I feel like uh that fun action is uh still works today because you see you still you see movie like the comedies like uh that are action comedies and they 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 try and recreate that like 21 jump street or something 21 jump street are um are the other guys is another great example where they like drive the car into the bus and then they're driving the bus yeah so fun like it's so fun even though you know it's not plausible yeah and they have license because of the comedy to be able to like go back into the the two-handed shooting and all that fun, fun, silly stuff. Like I think Axel uses two guns at one point. No, not that I not can recall, but maybe. Oh, does one so. of the bad guys use two? No. Oh, maybe this was an. Uh, they don't hold it sideways. I don't think maybe. No, they're. they're, they're maybe it's just, it's two just guys all from the hip. Together. It's from the hip, <laughs> which is brutal. And people are like stupid when they're clearing rooms in a house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that actually reminds me of something funny. If you see, there's a lot of scenes where when it. Eddie Murphy tends to jump into a scene. So uh, he jumps. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. It'll be like, it'll be like some other scene. And then we'll be back to Axel. Like, and he's like on a, like walking through a warehouse with a gun or whatever. And he's always, the scene always starts with him like out. jumping 180 with the gun facing something. And, I was laughing yeah. so hard thinking about how often he's jumping he's, in. He's like in an athletic squat stance, like <laughs> yeah. facing head on. I'm like, you've just exposed your entire body and given them more area. Yeah. To he's shoot. more sumo squat stance with the gun pulled. Another thing, the bad guy, do a lot is um so they're masking themselves behind a pillar or something right and Mm -hmm. so when you lean out to shoot you want to expose as little of your body as possible but in uh, in two or three scenes there are guys who are right-handed shooters who are leaning out the left side of a pole so instead of like moving the gun over to your left hand and like shooting like that to expose the least of yourself they're actually leaning their whole bodies out to shoot with their right and i'm like (laughs) oh my god don't do that yeah Yeah, they're stepping out from like behind cover it's a hip fire, uh, like a, a, a machine gun. But yeah. you don't, you definitely can't shoot left handed. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I can't just switch my hand of gun using and be effective. If you, if you are a henchman or a professional, then you need to be able to do that. What? I've never heard this before in my life. <laughs> absolutely. You need to go need opposite to be, hand. Oh uh, my God. Otherwise you're like be risk. dexterous. If you shooting? shoot a gun. Yeah, absolutely. You do watch all the military movies. Those guys should be the best at being ambidextrous gun. And you never are. see a military guy no, switch you hands. You do. They just make it look good. John, if anyone knows, John will know. I disagree no. with this. Yeah, you, you do not expose yourself just because you're right-handed. You would, you no, would. you for sure don't expose yourself. So then what, you can't ever come around a left corner? Be like, no, I'm not going. Get the left-handed guy up here. Yeah, you're like, shit, guys, we're fucked. <laughs> Bring the left-handed guy up from the back. <laughs> yeah. That's it's the same as baseball. Where's lefty? You got lefties and you got righties. You need a pinch gunner. Um, okay, just so before they get into the final shootout, they're in the uh, the warehouse again, and th- this is where they're finding the coke. Oh, they're in his little I'll office building, coke. not the warehouse. They're in the secondary warehouse where the coffee grounds were, and he takes Jenny for some reason this time. Do you believe? And he has Rosewood there, but Rosewood's to stay in the car because he's going to get in trouble. Do you believe Rosewood, him convincing Rosewood to go to the warehouse and like disobey orders? Rosewood's such a He's Magoo, so passionate, like, yeah. And he's so green and... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, gullible? Naive, yeah. Yeah, well, naive and gullible. He could totally be. So whatever doubts you might Taggart. have in going there. Yeah, you're right. Taggart would have never. No, Taggart wouldn't have. He's by the book. But when Rosewood does go, and then later on when they're at the at um, the bad guy's house, and Taggart's like, don't go in there, Billy. And Billy's like, I have to. So like, you can see how Billy's brain got there with how yeah. he felt it was the right thing to do. 
even if it was breaking rules. He so ethical. I think he sells it. Yeah, he sells it. He, to he toils with it. It's not like he just jumps in. He's like, yep, whatever Axel says. He's like, actually, he waits outside of the warehouse place almost too long. And yeah. they almost end up getting smoked. Like, he's lucky that the bad guy didn't stick around to watch them get popped in the brain. He yeah. also did see the kidnapping go down. So he knew that that woman's life was in danger. Yeah. So I feel like that's all plausible. And then once he sees, Taggart sees Billy doing it, he... He's, and he knows Billy's going to go anyway. He's like, damn it, I got to go with yeah, him. He and he gets go. the shotgun. Yeah. Well, because he says, he's like, he's like, don't go in there, Axel. And Axel's like, I'm going in there, yeah. like, no matter what. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going with him, Sarge. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you'll have to shoot me. And another minorly cool thing is that when Billy helps Jenny and Axel out, he kills what you'd have to assume would be the first man he's ever shot. And Which, he actually looks fairly disturbed like that. At least it's only for two seconds as they're kind of running away. He looks like, what the fuck did I just do? But yeah, I appreciated that. And then he comes to terms wide with it. Eyes, yeah. yeah. So I actually found that weird because he shoots the first guy in the, in the chest in yeah. that room. And yeah. I didn't see him pause. But then he shoots another guy later in the yard, I think it is. Yeah. And he has that moment of gravity about killing him. And I was like, that's weird. This is the second guy. Like, maybe it's sinking and now. He's like, fucking two guys I yeah. fucking shot, maybe? But like, I, two guys in one day. Yeah. And the first one maybe didn't give him enough opportunity to, to take that moment because there was a lot of action. It could have been yeah. funny if Billy, like, puked outside and then they kept running. And yeah, he was like, sorry, I, Axel. I just, I think uh, killing someone would be such a huge thing. Even if you're a cop or a soldier, like, the first person you would kill would just be, like, wreck you. Yeah, and so, so I, I want to see more movies acknowledge that because there's so many movies where just random Joes like I have to do it and then they kill someone and then they're running on and like talking about other things. It's like Thin Red Line does that one of the best when that guy shoots the guy and he's like you can just hear his inner dialogue and he's like I fucking kill the person. He's yeah, like, that's the worst thing you can fucking do and no one can give me shit for it. Like basically, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's like a really uh, awesome moment showing the gravity of yeah. the of the taking away the action, another right? life. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so yeah, then we get the final shootout. Lots of uh, squibs popping all over the place. Um, Tons some, of squibs. Some Uzi shots. There was a really good scene where uh, a guy with squibs. the Uzi. Yeah, I guess whatever you call the exploding. But they put them in people's holes. clothes, oh, so okay, it looks okay. like they're yeah, bleeding. Whatever you call those. Are uh, the bullet went through their clothes? Yeah, um, I just wasn't familiar with the th term. There's a scene where a guy comes up the stairs and is shooting at Axel and, and Taggart and Rosewood, and they dive behind cover, and then Axel runs around to flank the guy, kind of. And it, it's a and little unrealistic. He yeah, like he does, does the, the flip. Are the roll. And the guy's shooting at Axel the whole time and just missing. And then Axel can like, I can flip and roll and then pop the guy. I was thinking at that time, if that guy had been shooting at Rosewood and Taggart and not seen Axel flanking, that would have been a lot better tactically. It's but. fucking stupid, that part, because he says to Rosewood and Taggart, he goes, he goes, all right, cover me. And they don't. No. They <laughs> don't. He just runs he just and dive rolls and yeah. then shoots that guy. That guy should already be dead if he's shooting at Axel the whole way. They would have popped up and capped him. Yeah. He's like, yeah. They, yeah. they totally let him down there. They totally let him down. And then they basically dive behind cover for the rest of the shootout, which yeah. is a little disappointing, especially since Billy keeps popping up with his badge, uh, telling them they're under arrest. I thought that was out of character. Well, he did it once. No, twice, I think he does. He does it. it at the end when the other cops coming back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but he shouldn't have even done official. it. Like you just—he's already popped a couple of guys. Like you're not going to be. No, just you're put right. your gun down. Whatever. And then the uh, the what's the is it the chief shows up or the after the whole oh so so when Axel kills the uh, the the Mike guy yeah 
he uh, he's like kneeling down beside the table and yeah. stuff, and the guy doesn't see him, and he walks around. I actually kind of like that. It's not bad. The way they did it was not bad. That's, yeah. that's on that Jonathan Banks character for not clearing that room properly and checking his corners. Like, what the hell are you thinking? But I like I like how uh, that the directing was on that. I felt like that felt it was that felt rewarding when that happened. It the did. way it did. But then Axel was pretty lax in how he goes up to check the body, and I'm like, oh my god! And then he gets shot in the arm by. What looked like maybe a 38 special from the side from the side so it would have went in through his arm through his i chest. think he got shot on the right yeah it would have went in through his chest there's no way his arm would have stopped that no bullet. he's he's dead with that shot i feel yeah, like. yeah that would have been it um but then the dude decides to grab jenny and threaten her <laughs> um and then she pulls the robocop dick you're fired elbows him in the <laughs> chest and then axel gets the better of him and bogomil too right i know tiger no it's no Bogomil. It's Bogomil. Oh, you're it's right. The it's captain. the captain. He yeah. stands over and Axel kneels in front of him and they both load they him. Both pop That's him. true. Yeah. yeah. And which is also good because then he got involved. So now he's yeah, got he's a cover. Bought in. Yeah. 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 Well, he was bought in anyways. When that call goes in, do you see his excitement at the station? Yeah. Because he's, he's into it. Yeah. But he knows that like, and he says as much, he's like, we've, we like, we're on the lead for this before, but we just have not been able to follow through with it. And when he gets that call that there's been shooting, the fact that they're shooting, he knows his officers wouldn't open up without there being other yeah. gunfire. He believed, so he knows it's on. He believed Axel when Axel he laid does. out the whole he thing. Does, totally. And then he's about to like figure out how to help him when their captain or chief or commissioner shows up and chews him out. Yeah, that, guy's, that guy almost seems like he's bought in. Like he's like a, having coffee or dinner with Victor Mitten. Yeah, it, it's questionable how tied in he would be. Whether he's in cahoots or just because... That guy is like a respected member of the business community. Well, even at the end, after all the shooting stuff, his big hard on is for arresting Foley. Not yeah. finding out what happened yeah, here. I know. Like, was there a drug bust here? Something Arrest is super important. But I feel like I actually don't, don't do feel like Bogomil's, uh, his uh, fictitious story mm -hmm. was very, very over the line because he completely lies about everything. Everything. Yeah. Like he lies about how they found the house. He lies about not having a warrant, but they had to Joint go on the site. Joint between Beverly yeah. Hills and Detroit. And like, how, yeah. are like that, how are you going to backtrack that How are you going to cover one? that up? Yeah. So I felt like his lies were extreme lies. Yeah, they were. To justify killing a bunch of men and a businessman. Like if, if, if but, this guy wasn't kid, hadn't kidnapped somebody, I mean, what he did was very skirting the, true. every, every but law. But this is all showing us Foley's influence. Foley has yeah. influenced Rosewood and Taggart. Yeah. And his, because he's so fucking likable. Like yeah. Eddie Murphy is the fucking best. I love him. And he's so likable as Axel Foley that like you love him right away in the movie, but yeah. those guys can't help but to love him either. Yeah. And that's, no, it's true. That's Bogomil's just like, I'm going to tell this lie. And cops don't tell on cops. On spot. <laughs> he does good. And you see him pause for a moment and He's look like, at Foley. Uh, and then uh, he develops yeah. more of the lie. <laughs> and um, it's like he gets strength from Foley's yeah, fucking bullshit. <laughs> he, um, but he tells that and he just trusts. He's like, cops don't fucking let other cops yeah. down. And this is the right thing to do. And he does it. And then you see Taggart have that moment also where he's... He's all he's on the team 100 like the captain now. I know, and then he's like I'll be expecting your report in the morning yeah to detailing all of this but that's what John's right like how does he how does he put in his report that the task force that didn't exist yeah. the joint 
Detroit, Los Angeles. If anyone follows up on that, they'll be like, we'll talk to Axel, who's obviously going to say it happened. (laughs) Bogomil's been talking to the other captain. They they have a relationship. Guaranteed he makes that work. I know. There's got to be some paperwork on this joint (laughs) task force already, though. You expect me to believe this bullshit? He's like, that's the report I'm filing. So so you're saying the joint task force was all just word of mouth and there's literally no (laughs) documentation he could provide to prove there's a joint task force? This thing is, is, we don't know how deep it goes, okay? So we needed (laughs) the little, uh, the less people that know about it the better we needed this operation to be small and tight and close to the vest and then i i like the little summation where they come and they they pay for his uh, hotel room and then he gives them he he puts on the bill (laughs) the 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 robes yeah and then he gives one he's like bill you saved my life here's your robe yeah and then he's like and then he gives one to taggart and taggart says well you should keep it and he's like i already got three yeah (laughs) in my bag yeah so it's I neat, like that. Yeah. It's a neat little end. And then he doesn't have to go back to Detroit and get chewed out and make captain and and have a, you know, happily ever after. Well, it, and this is once again an <laughs> 80s movie. So it ending on a freeze frame of our main character. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like a freeze frame. It's That's so 80s. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And then crank up the music. Down, 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 down. Yeah. Down, 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 down. Um, I'm going to call this one and say that Beverly Hills Cop holds up. Surprisingly. Yeah, I was not expecting it to, you know, it's, it's got shocking. the sequels, which I'm sure are horrible. Um, this would be another one where I kind of remember the second one being okay, but I bet it's shit. And I bet I know the third one is absolute shit. Um, but this first one, the, every, like Eddie Murphy is so likable as a character. He's enough of a scoundrel, but then he's like very dedicated to his craft and his fellow police officers. And um, he goes after the guy who wronged him and takes him down. Um, and his methods are questionable, but he gets results. And uh, it's a fun ride. There's a lot of good stuff. From start to finish, this movie has enough going on that has you either smiling or or on the edge of your seat so uh yeah it's a it's a good flick and i feel the same way and i feel like it justifies because like i was had an argument with a a family member the other day who like loves star wars and he was saying that we uh if you took any movie that was from like so long ago you could pick it apart and say it doesn't hold up and i i was trying to explain to him that's not how it works like and like this is a movie that proves it this movie is from 1984 yeah this movie is like how many years old? 35 35. Years? And this movie Fuck. 100% still holds up. And it's because the screenplay was good at the time. Martin Bress directed it and did a great job. And Eddie Murphy is so damn likable. Yep. Judge Reinhold's so damn likable. They're, and the, when you put them together, the chemistry and stuff, it doesn't matter how old it is. Even Taggart is likable. And yep. in any other movie, he's the guy that's not likable. Yeah. Like he's the, the hard-edged fucking cop by the book, right? Yeah. You don't normally like that guy, but you like Taggart. Yeah, this movie like is the whole point to hold up. It's like this movie holds up because it was well-made, well-written, well-acted, and it just still works today. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming, Brent, what do you got? No, oh, it totally holds up, man. It's... um. Eddie Murphy does a good job of being hilarious, but not aloof or um, slapstick or anything else. Like this movie had a hundred opportunities to go the wrong way. Oh yeah. And it doesn't like this, this movie by um, the same time, same idea, just different people, maybe different director or whatever, maybe doesn't work right. Different choices, but this movie has all the right stuff in it. To be, like you said, it's super enjoyable. The ride, the whole way through, 
there's never a point where you're like, okay, next thing. Because there's a lot of movies where I like the movie, but there's parts I want to fast forward. Yeah. Doesn't happen with this movie. Super no. enjoyable the whole way. The characters are enjoyable. The comedy is solid and lasts. Like, it's this. it should be dated, but the stuff that's in there is just not. There's yeah. literally new movies I, I'll be trying to watch today where I'll, like what you just said, I'll fast forward. I'll be like, I know what this is, and it's pointless, and I'm fast forwarding, and I don't need to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'll eventually turn off the movie. This movie's 35 years old, and I never once, like you said, felt like fast forwarding. No. No. No, I was, I was, I was excited to see what happened next. I even I, rewind a couple times is, just to like re-enjoy the scene. And this yeah. is like once again, club. goes back to structure. <laughs> New movies like do not follow structure and your audience gets lost and they get confused about what the movie is about and what it's trying to get home. This movie never goes off the rails. Yeah. And because like there are movies where that you can deviate because you're going for something stylistically or there's like enough of a mystery to do that. But this is like a fish out of water cop hunting a bad guy story there's no need to do anything but keep it structured and this movie is oh 100 percent. yeah you're right like there's movies like pulp fiction or even the sixth sense where they don't follow traditional structure but the story you're right allows that if you're gonna do a comedy about this type of genre there is no reason for you to not be true to storytelling 100 percent. yeah you're totally right you stick with it and you ride it out yeah. But think about it. It's all scraped down, right? This is back in the time when, like, actually, this movie made today would be shit mm. because they would focus on effects or other, like, little excess. They'd that, have to build backstory is, for Rosewood and Taggart. Yeah. They'd have flashbacks and show their home lives and relate, like, fuck. Yeah, no. you can't just let us fill the details in ourselves. Like, there are some areas that we yeah, just are able a, to fucking allow to let it go. That's a great <laughs> example. You do not need to know more about your character than you, than than what it provides to the story. Yeah. There is no reason to know if they're married. There's no reason to know if they have children. There's no reason to know what their home lives are like. That's not what these characters are about. Like we said, one's a dreamer and the other's a realist. And that is all you need to know to enjoy. And all I care about is who they are to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And Axel is the same way. You know who he is from the beginning. You get to know a little bit more about his past because these are old friends of his from like high school and stuff. Yeah. But they never go into detail about it. It's just no. Mikey like and him got in trouble once and he didn't bust him and he loves him. Yeah. That's it. So simple. No. Yeah. Movie holds up. Great writing. Great totally writing. Holds up. <clears throat> All right. Beverly Hills Cop. Check it out. Don't watch the sequels. Trust us. <laughs> oh, I can't try to do it. I want to see too. I, 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 yeah, I, I think I'm going to watch two just to see. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll do two, but maybe we'll just say uh, at some point update that it sucks. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> All right, folks. Enjoy. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.